Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 226. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And on this week's show, we're talking podcasting one more time. That's right, two new podcasters on the scene. I've got Kevin Batstone and Arthur Roth. They are the creators and hosts of the Discussion Combustion podcast. Podcasting is kind of a funny thing in that you do it in solitary. Right? I mean, you have your guests and you have your community, but largely it's just you with a microphone in front of a waveform, and it can be hard to connect with others. So I applaud these guys for reaching out to the Denver podcast community. I was hooked up with them thanks to Paul Caroli. You may remember Paul as a former guest on this show, former host of Changing Denver, and currently working at House of Pod. Now, I've done some work at House of Pod. They're doing tremendous things, supporting podcasters all across the Denver area. And so Kevin and Art reached out to him, and he said, hey, you got to get connected with John. And anytime that happens, I'm happy to connect with new podcasters, talk to them, and even feature them on the show. So like I said, they're the hosts of the Discussion Combustion podcast. They've got about six months worth of episodes, and they're doing really cool work. Conversations they're having are really fun, and they're a couple of really great guys. So I urge you to check them out. I have a link to their show on the companion blog piece that runs with this episode. It's also in the show notes. So go to johnofalltrades.us. That's J-O-N of alltrades.us. couple of other quick plugs. You can find the Discussion Combustion podcast on virtually every podcatcher out there, as you can with my show. The two primary ones that I use are iTunes and Stitcher. If you happen to be listening to us on one of those platforms, I appreciate it. What I'd like you to do is go there, give us a rating, give us a review, takes a couple of seconds, and that helps the visibility of the show. Also, while you're there, hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come directly to your listening device, and you don't even have to do anything. I typically do two shows a week. The first one on Mondays, that's the first job series. You can hear Kevin Batstone talking about being 14 years old, getting involved in the grocery business, which he still is today. And then full episodes drop on Wednesdays. They'll come right to you. Again, you don't have to do anything. That's the beauty of America, right? The beauty of technology. Get new content without even having to do any work. Let's make this one short and sweet. Let's get to episode 226 of the show. It's Kevin Batstone and Arthur Ra, the creators and hosts of the Discussion Combustion podcast, and their episode starts right now. Yeah, so but we have a host. We don't have an official website yet. Okay. Uh, HTML. We're going we're to start working on that here. Hopefully in the next six to eight months, I want to have a website launch, but we're on every platform up to this point. So, And you're already doing Patreon, too. Yeah. We launched Patreon early on. We went into it not knowing what the hell we were doing, really, when we started this whole project. We had no clue what we were doing. And I still don't think we do. Sure. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. So we we knew Patreon was a good idea. And just having at least a foundation, you know, having the name and and putting it on everything and then building from there. Have you guys had success with the Patreon? Are are people donating? We we do. We we have people. They're they're, uh, close proximity to us. (laughs) Sure. And that's where you start always. Always. uh, I've done a lot of sales, so... You know, they would like, I used to do Primerica, which was like the triangle, the triangle selling or whatever, okay. pyramid based stuff. And, uh, they're always trying to get Wait, you to pyramid based stuff, not yeah. like pyramid scheme, right? Yeah. yeah pyramid scheme. Oh yeah. Jesus. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was one of those. And I got out of it pretty quick, but they basically have you try to sell to every one of your family members. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's when you were doing Primerica, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That, see, was, that was soul. Is that like Amway? It was like, um, term life insurance. So okay. like the worst kind of life insurance. Oh like, no. Yeah. Wow, how'd you get sucked into that? Well, so I was just trying to do sales, man. Talking, doing sales, talking with people. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, we don't have the website yet, but it's all about the baby steps is, is where we're at. Like, we want to keep doing baby steps. One of our, my good friends, Clint, he was on one of our episodes a while back, and, and he is. Is big. that the Army vet? Yeah. Yep, yeah, I heard exactly. that one. Yeah. Yeah, so he's good at a lot of stuff, and, and he kind of put it into our head, like, just come up with two little goals a week and try to achieve those, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, that's what we did from there. It was equipment upgrades. It was getting a little bit more of a stationary table to sit at, just making it feel more comfortable. Sure. You know, like we're doing here. So Yeah, no, and it's funny, you guys are doing it right too. So this is Kevin Batstone and Arthur Raw, and you guys are the founders, hosts, and uh driving force behind the Discussion Combustion podcast. And 
I think you're doing it right because a lot of people will come up to me, and the longer you guys mm-hmm. go, the more this will happen. It's like, you know, I've been thinking about starting a podcast. How do I do it? Just start one. Yeah. Like, literally, just start doing it. Pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Because for a while, I mean, my show came out of the box pretty fully formed, but I do branding for a living. Like, that's part of my suite of... Which is awesome. Yeah. Hired a graphic designer, my friend Brad again, who comes up on the show again and again. He, like, he hosts the Real Nerds podcast, and he is just a creative force. He's unreal. Got a website together, put some language, and then just started interviewing people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean... The, what else can you do? Like, how, what else can you tell people? People always want to ask about equipment. It's like, look, Google's there for you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll tell you what I use. Sure. It's fine. It's really not that hard. But the biggest question you need to answer, and so I'm going to put this to you guys, is why does your show exist? Right? Mm-hmm. What do you want people to think, do, or feel as a result of having heard your show? Yeah. Well, we do have a mission statement. We have the drive. And, uh, First of all, the the foundation of discussion combustion was friends because Kevin and I have been friends for over ten years at this point. Nice. We talk frequently. We've always had good conversations. Yeah, that that is really where it began. When when I you know I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan, huge mm-hmm. fan of a lot of comedy podcasts over the last few years. I thought to myself, I love to talk. You know, <laughs> I want to find a bro that can also you know shoot the breeze with me on a weekly basis. Art like Art said, we've always had great combo. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to him. I said, Hey man, let's do this thing. And we literally launched episode one from my cell phone. It sounded terrible. Yeah, it was, it was really right. <laughs> it sounded terrible. We just did it for fun. And sure. it's like, hey, man, let, let's go all in and really try to do something here. Yeah. Well, I mean, the nice thing is, too, the barriers to entry are pretty low. All this equipment in front of us is like, mm-hmm. what, 600 bucks? Sure. It's not bad. So, I mean, compared to other pursuits that you could have, it, it doesn't cost much to get going. Exactly. So. And, and so one thing that was kind of a motivation to continue on your question there is, uh, Kevin and I both do music. I used to do a lot of like writing a hip hop stuff. Like I've produced my whole bunch of songs, but that kind of fell off and it was fun. And one thing that inspired me with music was to, you could have a, a pure message that you could reach unlimited amount of people with, without, you know, third party, uh, you know, getting in, into your message and messing things up. So that, that was the purity of a message. Right. And that's one cool thing about discussion combustion and podcasts in, in general is it's it's that same thing it's that same stage that you can give something positive so so we really we want to be critical about things but we also want to be accepting and loving mm-hmm. so you know we're willing to talk about everything but we're also going to have an open open mind to everything okay and then whoever you are like no matter what what your background is the history we want to talk to you so it's it's about everybody really is what discussion combustion is about is it's just everybody coming together, and, and we just happen to be the vessel for it. We're just doing it. You yeah, know? yeah. That, that's how we kind of see it. Sure, absolutely. Whether you're Joe Rogan or you're Joe the Plumber, right. you know, we want to sit down and chat with you. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And so my show was framed through work because as an American, right, what's the first question everyone asks you? What do you do? Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how that's a, a big part of our identity and how we define ourselves so if we can dig into that and if we can understand each other in a little bit better, uh, the entire goal of my show is to build empathy mm-hmm. in the world. If we all understand each other more or if we can build a bridge where one didn't exist before, the world becomes a little bit less scary yeah. and a little bit less unknowable. So you guys mentioned that you're you're happy to talk about anything. What has come up on your show that, I don't know, maybe made you uncomfortable or you know people listening go... Uh, wow, I don't know. I I didn't expect them to talk about this. Anything like that? I mean, I think any time we get into maybe some uh, some of our past a little bit, like telling a story that might bring back some emotions from back in the day or something like that, um, I don't know if I would say it feels uncomfortable, but you definitely have that moment of, like, should I be putting this out there? But at the same time, I like to recognize that I want the listeners to relate to that. Yeah. You know, and have it be, and feel real. My whole thing with podcasting is I, I don't like the fakeness of the everyday hustle mm-hmm. and the late-night talk shows. I want to sit down and talk and have people relate to it. Yeah. You know, what do you think, Art? Well, one time I was, I was, I, I, I've been trying to make bad jokes and I'm horrible at it. I was trying to make this joke about pranking elderly people by like acting like you're going to press the, the handicap door button thing to open up a door for them. And then you walk away and don't <laughs> press it or something. Okay. And, and everybody in the studio, because we had several people, like a lot of them were all just giving me this look like, what What are you talking, what are you saying like, right wow, now? Wow, what a dick move. Yeah, yeah pretty like, much. I'm like, no, I'm just, so like, it's, it's really just little things like that. As far as 
controversial stuff, uh, you know, 9-11, maybe conspiracies mm. that we've had on that on the table. We've talked briefly about feminism and, yeah, a little and things political. of that nature. Like, we, we try to keep most of that off the table because we want to include any and everybody. So even though we have opinions, sure. it doesn't mean that we're discluding yours. So Podcasting is a really great mirror because of the two of you, which one edits? So we, we kind of both of us do a little bit. I I do the I like to do the production and stuff okay. though, and because I used to make a lot of music myself, right. so I'm a little more familiar with how to use the software, and so I, I like to get the levels right. That's fun for me to do. Sure, yeah, yeah. You like digging into the technical side. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's pretty good at doing all that, and, and then he's basically the, he's our pusher. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess you could call me that. So once he hands me the finished file, I'll take it from there and put it to you know where everyone can hear it, market it, put it to Twitter, Facebook, what have you. Okay. We try to tag team things. The interesting thing to me is, and this happened to me early on in the show, when I would listen to it back and I'd hear how jokes would land or not land. You know, mm -hmm. when I'm talking to people, I go, my God, is that what I sound like when I say that? Oh, yeah. You go, <laughs> I, like, that is coming off tone-wise in a way that I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. And podcasting becomes a really interesting mirror in that way. Mm -hmm. Have you guys found that? Yeah. I've definitely learned some things. You know, I, yeah. I try not to listen to too many of my episodes back just because I don't want to get overcritical of what I'm saying. Right. I want my, you know, my delivery, my message to be what it is in that moment. And I feel like if I listen to myself too much, I'll, I'll, I'll try to overcompensate in some areas. That can happen. You'll get past that though. If, mm -hmm. When you listen to enough of them, you won't do that anymore. You'll just, you'll learn who you are mm -hmm. and you'll accept that and that's fine. But it, it, it can be useful just because I have to edit every one of my shows. I'm sure. a one man show. Yeah. Like I'm John of all trades. Uh, so I end up listening to myself a lot and it's been really useful in terms of the way I interact in real life. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, so, so I have a heavy sales background and that works perfectly as well. You get all this training on how to interact with somebody, read their body language, pick up on social cues right? and you learn all this for work. But then you, you know, use you end up using it like while talking to strangers or just mm -hmm. getting to know people. And it's, it is interesting how, your life is all one thing almost like whatever you spend your time and you put your passion and effort into that becomes part of who you are. You oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting too. We were talking just before we got on mic about how one of the reasons I started this show is because I had a friend who told me I asked great questions. And the reason I did that, it was, it was actually born out of social anxiety. So okay. I used to have really, really bad and to certain points, crippling social anxiety. Oh, wow. I've talked about this on the show before, sure. but I've done PR like for more than a decade now in this, God, almost 15 years, Jesus, uh, in this town. And so I'd have to meet a lot of people and I'd be at like galas or networking events or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'd just be sobbing in the bathroom, just like having a, a panic attack, having a breakdown. Yeah. Jeez. And I'd get over that and I'd go, I really don't want to talk to these people. Like, and I, I wanted to and I needed to, but mm -hmm. like there was a part of me that's like, I really, really don't want to. So you found a way to control the conversation. Is exactly. That, is that what you did? Yeah. So I would, <laughs> uh, I would just ask them questions because it meant I wasn't having to talk about myself. Yes. And that had a double benefit because people would walk away and go, wow, John was really, really nice and like was interested in me. And it's like, that's great. You have a great impression of me. But uh, I also managed to sidestep my social anxiety in a really creative way. Sure. So you capitalize on that. So would you would you say it was like interview style questions that you'd ask at a party, or was it just like basic, hey, who are you rooting for on Sunday, or <laughs> a little of well, probably the first one actually, because uh, small talk I find largely torturous. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just like and Americans in particular love talking about the weather, mm -hmm. and I still do that. Like I drove Lyft for a brief time earlier this year. And there are three types of lift passengers. Okay. okay. The first one doesn't want to talk at all. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. They'll just get in the back, yeah. look at their phone, yeah, and they're, they're great. They're okay. working on an email or something. Important. Yeah. Or they're just in their own world. Yeah. I had one woman put her headphones on and like drink this bottle of schnapps in the back. And I go, that's probably <laughs> okay. not cool. You're but like, okay. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, I'm not interrupting that. Yeah. No, I am not inserting myself there. That's funny. Um, the second person will get in and want to just talk your ear off about and and they want to talk about stuff which mm. is great that's fun too the third kind is the worst kind and these are people who can't handle silence mm -hmm. but have nothing interesting to say so and the questions you get are so how long you've been driving lift today right or how long have you been driving mm. lift overall 
and they want to know about like just the lift experience and you go, you don't actually give a shit about this yeah. at all. And you can tell, you can feel it, but they need to fill the air with something mm-hmm. and that's rough. That is. Yeah, I can imagine. So, so with questions, this is a true thing is, is people will like you more if you can ask good questions, but I'm not only just a primary question, but then you listen to, to the answer of the question that you ask, yeah. and then you ask a follow-up question that mentions something within that first answer. And, and that secondary question, that's what really penetrates like that good impression oh, of, yeah. of a good question is the secondary question. Yeah, 100%. So there are times on this show where I talk to people who aren't used to being interviewed. Do you guys talk to folks like that? You know, so, yeah, we, we have definitely a lot of guys that come on not knowing what to expect. They, right. they feel like, is this a job interview? You know, <laughs> yeah. So we, we have a little experience with that. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, is this going to be a firing squad kind of like, right. are, are you Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes? That yeah. kind of thing. Um, when did you stop beating your wife? That kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, I never started. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my question to you is, what do you guys do to draw people out? How do you make people comfortable? Like, what what are your sort of techniques for... When you have someone who might be resisting a little bit, or I know that when I get someone on here who is ready to be interviewed, if they give me boilerplate, I can smell that a mile away because I've been doing PR forever, Mm -hmm. right? So if they're reading me their press release, Uh I know how to kick them off axis. Sure. Oh, okay. Um, So boilerplate is is a pre-scripted agenda. Yeah, that's that's a jargony term. Okay. Um, Boilerplate is, if you've ever seen a press release, Mm -hmm. it's all that verbiage at the bottom that's just template. Okay. And you, you slap it on there because it has to be on there. So if someone's giving me that, like they're giving me rote answers, I'm like, okay, we got to change the dynamic of the conversation. Mm-hmm. How do you guys do that? I know you're pretty new at the podcasting game, but what do you do? We feel kind of fluid. Well, first of all, we have the two of us. So we have each other to kind of play off of and, and fill that void if need be. And that's also just making people feel comfortable. We let them know what the show is about. And when they get there, we want to let them know that. Our listeners are curious to know who they are, so we'll ask you a few specific questions to get to know you, and then right. from there have an organic conversation. And that's what it's really about is just having an organic conversation and, and you know something that people can relate to, just your every, everyday person. Yeah, and I think it's just about getting reps, too. The more guests we have on, the more we're yeah. learning. Because we've had guys, like our, our new sponsor that we just picked up a few weeks ago, the CEO was on our show. So we nice. really gave him the floor to just talk about his product. So that was kind of a different one for us. Mo- most of our first... You know, what would you say? 15, 16 episodes have been people from our clique, yeah, you know, okay. friends. Um, I play in a band here in Denver called the Ridge Runners. So I had, you know, my lead guitar player on there. Nice. So guys that we're pretty comfortable with. We're, we're, we're now getting into that barrier, bringing people on that we're have never mm. met before and things like that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's interesting too. You've got to get people to forget that there's a microphone in front right. of them. Yeah. And if you can do that, then you're going to create magic. Uh, you brought up something that I found interesting. Um, when I started this show and I put a bunch of episodes in the can before I launched any of them, right? Okay. Just so I had a constant, like a, a stream of content to carry me through the first two months. That makes sense. Cause I, so I was probably smart to do that. Right. Yeah. I wanted it to look legit and sure. I didn't, I didn't want to be like six weeks in and be like, yeah, I don't have a show right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I managed to do a show a week for the entire first year, which was wild. That's, yeah. I, I don't do that aggressive a schedule anymore. Okay. Just cause I have too much going on. But when you told your friends and you told people in your circle that you were starting this show, mm-hmm. what was their response? Did they ask you why? Um, yeah, they, they were wondering why. You know, and a lot of our friends still didn't understand what podcasting even was. Isn't know, that amazing? I, I didn't honestly really. That's get the it most either. common question. You know, yeah. you know what really is a podcast? You know, and, and people ask me that. It's like, <laughs> isn't it just people just sitting around talking? Yeah, essentially, it can be. You know, I mean, there are a lot of different types of shows. Sure, but yeah. yes, that is one uh, format for podcasting. Sure. Yeah. Getting information out there, learning about people, you know, like you do, John of all trades, getting people in here from all different types of employment, learning about that industry. I mean, I think it's terrific. So I would explain it to them like that, the guests that were coming on, you know, and then usually they would follow it up with, well, I don't want to talk about this. You know, are you going to ask me about that? Right. right. Mm-hmm. And and we normally like to do some research as well. So if, if there's a, a stale point, then we could uh, fill that void with a good question. I like to come up with interesting thoughts, you know, and things that may not run across your day on a normal routine or whatever. 
And so I like to ask, you know, would you rather's that are a little different and, and <laughs> would you rather's? Yeah. Like, you know, wow. Yeah. That's one of our segments to kind of break up the monotony of the <laughs> yeah. show. If we feel to that point, we're like, Hey, would you rather, uh-huh. you know, and just throw a scenario at them that they're not ready for. Yeah. Sure. And those could be fun. Yeah. One of the, one of the better would you rather's that I've, that we've done was, um, would you rather see a future, uh, with no, um, racism or, or a future with no religions? And so we like dived into wow. that for like 15. It was, that was, that was that a pretty deep that, one. Yeah. That yeah. was, that was one of the better ones that we've had. So, or some of them are like, would you rather like be a washing machine or a dishwasher? Or yeah. Something? Sometimes like, so, like stupid things, you know? Yeah. Arthur definitely likes to keep it a little bit goofy and very unscripted, which I like because I can feed off his energy when sure. we're doing that. And, uh, you know, him and I just show up. We don't, we don't plan what's going on. I don't know what he's going to ask and vice versa. And we just kind of, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say wing it, but we kind of have yeah. a flow that we feel is right for now. It's not a great partnership if you're two of the same person, right? I would agree. Are you, we, were, we were talking about that earlier, actually. Are you two? How are you two different? Well, I don't know how we are, but we definitely don't agree on everything. Okay. And just our overall personalities are a bit different. Like he likes the Patriots, and I like the Broncos. You know, he's from the Northeast. I'm from Denver, and yeah. And our, our talking styles, I feel like too, they just they kind of, you know, it's a nice serenation of. Um, Duality, would that even make sense? Sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of respect there. Arthur was one of the first guys I met when I moved to Denver. And, um, yeah, two very different guys. You know, I'm kind of a country guy, come from a country background. You know, he's, he's done some rap here in Denver. Yeah. So when we come together, we have a lot of different talking points. We don't agree on a lot of stuff. So I think it creates for great content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. What brought you to Denver? Uh, at the time, it was I had just graduated high school. This was back in 2007. Okay. My brother had moved out here. And I was just at that point, like, let's go do something different. You know, I'd lived in New England my whole life, hadn't seen anything West, and had an opportunity to come out here, being that I already knew somebody. Mm-hmm. Picked up, move, and I, I haven't been back since. Wow. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, I'm also a native here. Okay. So, where'd you grow well, up? Here, I grew up in this neighborhood, Park Hill. No no kidding, really. Yeah. Uh, I just moved from Park Hill. So Park Hill cuts okay. off at Colfax. We're in Mayfair now. Yes. Um, but I grew up in Golden. Okay. So did you go to East? I would have, but my parent. There was more of a gang ec- epidemic back then. <laughs> yeah. And so when my, was this? Uh, this was in nineties, like early nineties. Okay. Uh, probably ninety four or something. Okay. What year did you graduate high school? Oh five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I graduated two thousand. So I'm just like a little bit older than you yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how that five years of difference makes a huge difference when oh, you're yeah. in high school? But now that as as professional <laughs> up, adults, yeah. it is really nothing. Well, and and it conti- like so, I thought of this. <clears throat> My daughter was born, and then some really good friends of ours had their daughter born five months later. Mm-hmm. And the difference between a newborn and a five month old is intense, right? Yeah. I mean, and I I remember standing in their hospital room going, "They will never be further apart developmentally than they are right now," right? Yeah. Because as, as you get old, older, the the gap really narrows. And so five years, right? Seven years, mm-hmm. you graduated in 07. Mm-hmm. That's like a lifetime when you're in high school. Oh, yeah. Senior is. year of high school. I mean, you were still in what? Elementary school? Yeah, I guess I would have been, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those are two very different experiences. But you get old. And imagine being in an old folks home. It's like, how old are you? 92? Yeah. How old are you? 85. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what difference does it make? Yeah. yeah. I mean, once you once you go through the... The, the meat grinder of society and monotony yeah. of working to pay bills and, and right. being the middleman with your money, like it kind of shapes us all into adults, I guess you could say. Absolutely. Oh, totally. You know. Well, it reminds me of a bit that Patton Oswald does where he's like, I think in your lifetime you should only get like 20 birthday parties. He's like, <laughs> zero through 10, perfect, right? You're yeah. a little kid. Yeah. You know? 13, something's different. You're a teenager. Mm-hmm. You get a birthday. 16, you get an awesome birthday. 18, you get an even more awesome birthday. 21, great birthday, uh-huh. right? Uh, and then nothing until you're 30, right? It's like, hey, I'm 27. Hey, who gives a shit? Go to work, yeah. right? <laughs> Happy birthday. Yep. Um, yeah, no one really cares. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's always weird to me when you meet someone who's like, yeah, it's my birthday week. And you go, oh, God. Oh, it's a whole week. Oh, oh this is going to be exhausting yeah. being friends with you. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I don't take birthdays seriously. I just turned 30 back in June. So Nice. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Thanks. And, and my first thought was I don't even want to celebrate it. I didn't want to admit that I'm now 30, you know, yeah. which really isn't that old. But it just uh, it, it's it really hit me a little not. harder than I thought it would. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why. Hmm. In what way, though? 
Probably because I did I did quite a bit of partying in my twenties, okay. and kind of you know did some damage to my body, if you will. Yeah. Years of of alcohol intake and things of that nature. That when I, you know when I got to thirty, I kind of wanted to be a little bit more established with some things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it's it's mortality creeping in like every, all the time. Every decade, we get a little bit older, and and people that we've all lost people as our journey yeah. has has went on, and it's like we realize that it's 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 a temporary thing, sure. you know and and there's a beauty in that. I, I honestly think there's a beauty in, in the fact that we actually have life, can comprehend speech, and like do all these amazing things, and have houses with AC. Like it's pretty badass if you just think about that. You should follow that with a huge bong rip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> please. That's totally my style. That definitely is your style, Art. But that was, uh, yeah, that was definitely like one of those thoughts where you get done saying that, and it's just punctuated by. <laughs> Right, especially that's here in Denver. Your, that's right? the sound of your mind working. <laughs> <laughs> going, yeah, going to a uh, a different plane. But you're absolutely right too. It's uh, it's bizarre. I said to my wife the other day, I'm like, you know, I can remember a time when I could get up off the floor without making a noise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that those days are pretty much gone. Because, and I'm on the floor constantly with these two kids who are three and four years old. Yeah. It is amazing. Get some uh, knee pads, some some construction. <laughs> yeah, knee pads. Your body deteriorates, man. I've been in the grocery business for so long, you know, constantly up and down, moving yeah. freight, moving pallets, things of that nature. I'm starting to feel it, back, hips, knees, what have you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, if if we're doing like a cop metaphor, maybe it's time to get on the desk, right? Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. <the> field work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They. Uh, and maybe you're too much of a loose cannon. You know, your <laughs> your police captain goes, "Damn it, Batstone." <laughs> it could be, it could yeah. be. Man, some of these cops out there, I, I I keep seeing these videos of like these cops like doing things that are just very much so like like pulling guns on people for no reason or like breaking yeah. and entering into houses, and and you just wonder these are the ones the moments that are captured, you know? And right. It's just people are trusting you to protect and serve, you know. You, you that should be your focus, and it's like if you think about anything though, there's there's going to be a little bit of corrupt activity happening in any industry sure i want to uh change the conversation yeah. slightly okay. to uh you guys mentioned what you play would you rather on your show and it reminds me of when i taught public speaking back in graduate school and it's the uh you know it's the first day of class i would ask them weird questions okay. just to get them going right just kind of you gotta you gotta surprise them right because you'll draw out the real person that way and so one of the questions i asked i'm gonna ask it to both of you who do you think would win in a fight the brownie, pa- the brownie paper towel man, or Mister Clean? Well, that's a good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Mister Brownie on this one. You know, he's rocking that rugged lumberjack look. Mm. You know, I think he can get in there and get a good grapple yeah. on Mister Clean. Well, I'm gonna disagree because Mister Clean is nice and smooth, and if he doesn't have his shirt on, mm. he's gonna be really hard to grapple. Whereas the brawny man has the beard and all this other stuff. You could get hands on that. Okay, the new brawny man doesn't have a beard. Oh. Does that change your answer? Um. You know, I'm just going to stick with Mr. Clean here. Yeah. All you right. know, who who knows how smooth of an operator he is, man. I don't know. I'm putting my faith in the flannel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because I, I would ask this question right around the time they changed the brawny paper towel man mascot. The old one had a mustache and he looked a little more, you know, rugged. Mm-hmm. And the new one looks a little like Ben Affleck. Okay. And so I always thought, Mr. Clean, can you imagine what he can do with that mop? Like that's true. He'll mess you up. He'll be like Donatello with the staff. Uh, there's a good point. There is a weapon involved immediately. Plus, like I, I could be making this up, but I felt like he had earrings, and I think he does. I mean, he's like he's bald and he's ripped. He's got that tight white T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I think my money's on Mister Clean, despite the lumberjack aspect. Sure, because the brawny man, you figure he can. He's one of those guys who can eat like 19 pancakes. And just not gain weight, right? That's true. And so, I mean, he's he's got to have this burly butch metabolism. Mm-hmm. And he, lo- I mean, his name is Brawny, for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll bet he's a strong guy, but yeah. I I don't know. I think Mr. Clean is uh, is surprisingly nimble. Yeah. So. So you're going Mr. Clean? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. that's always been my vote. P- I've found in my history of asking this question, most people go with the Brawny guy. Really? really? Yeah. And then I put that to him and I give him something else to think about. I like it. Yeah. So. Public speaking was interesting. That was one of the class. Like, I didn't do the very best in, in, in all my schooling, but um, public speaking was one of the classes that I felt like it was just fun. I excelled in it. And, yeah. 
And uh, it was always interesting how, like, they would say that people fear speaking in public more than death. You yeah. Know, they would say they That's would a say Jerry that. Seinfeld joke. Yeah. And I still do corporate trainings now. And so I'll get up there and, you know, people are fearful about it. And I go, you know, Jerry Seinfeld says uh, the number one fear of people is public speaking. Number two is death. He's like, yeah. so <laughs> at, uh, at a funeral, statistically, people are more likely to want to be in the coffin than giving a eulogy. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, is crazy. Yeah, that could be a little alarming. <laughs> you just have to get over the fact that everybody focuses inward a lot and thinks everybody is judging every move that they're like. True. No one's judging you. No one really like cares what people want you to you do a good up. job. Yeah, like that's the craziest thing about being up there too. People want you to be a good job. They don't want to see you up there struggling because mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable for everyone. Right, it's that cringe that's moment. True. Yeah, yeah, and, and like that can be funny like after the fact, but in the moment, no one's enjoying that. You guys started this. How many episodes do you have now? Uh, Wednesday night will be episode 22. Okay. So you've been at this for like almost six months. Mm-hmm. Consistently, yes. Right. Okay. Uh, you both have day jobs, though. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it been managing the workload of this show on top of what you guys do on a day-to-day basis? It can be difficult at times. I, I feel pretty fortunate being in, in my business. It's kind of like running my own show out there. Mm-hmm. As long as I get X, Y, and Z done by the end of the day. You know, it is what it is. So I can manage time. I can take an hour or two here and there, do some stuff for the podcast, do some networking, answer some phone calls and emails, and still get my regular tasks done. But it's definitely yeah. jam-packed. Are you working from home? Uh, I, I can work from home, okay. but I, I have to visit my accounts daily, but they're only a half a mile away from my gotcha. from my residence. Oh, that's nice. All right. Um, what about I, you, Art? I mean, I, it's, it hasn't been the worst. I went on the self-employment venture about a year and a half ago. Congrats, man. How's the how's it been making the leap? So there's definitely been some down moments, some yeah. o- overestimation on my part, some humbling moments. Um, but it's it's hard to picture, uh, like you said, going back to like uh, the man, you know, working right. for the man. And and so that being said, I, I, I do logistics brokering. That's my own thing. So try to find trucks. We'll find freight and then find trucks for the freight. And then I also do some commercial construction for a mom and pop company. They know my hustle and everything. They support my podcast. So they nice. allow me to leave if I need to. So fortunately, it's been pretty easy for both of us. But it's taken up a lot more time than I originally <laughs> thought it would take up. Yeah, it really does. It really does. And on top of that, I play in a band. In, oh, the, in the same place as, as our podcast studio. So, yeah. you know, conveniently it's located at the same spot, but trying to, you know, work in drummer auditions or mm. getting band practice in during a podcast week can be a lot. Yeah. It's one of those things where I started a website when I was like 27 and we wanted to update every day. So I was writing every single day. Um, and it was just like comedy. It was pop culture essays. It was just all sorts of stuff. I, if you could, Nail it down to something. It was probably like a combination of the AV Club and like Grantland. Mm-hmm. You remember that old ESPN venture that Bill Simmons started? So it was kind of like that, but it was weird. I realized I was sacrificing so much of my free time, like in the prime of my life, to mm-hmm. chase this thing, which I thought I would have more regrets about, but I look back on it. I'm like, nah, that was time well spent. I was at least, yeah. I was going for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I love doing the podcast and that's one of the things that motivates me to keep coming back and keep doing it is I got to sit down with one of my very best friends. Uh, you know, I love, I used to love recording songs and stuff. So I, I love being in front of the mic yeah. and, um, and having a message to be heard and stuff. And so that's, it's, it's just motivating. And, and, you know, when you have that as your drive, it, you know, why not do it? Like, I feel like these are some of the happiest times, man. Um, cause before, before I was doing this, I would, I would always kind of yearn of the music or like, man, I haven't been putting yeah. in work on this. And, and when I started recording these about six months ago, it actually like re-sparked something within me that, that I was missing. Like I felt like I was actually maybe depressed for a while and oh, didn't yeah. realize it. And podcasting like brought, brought out this hat, this joy, man. It's been, it's been a really good little venture. In a short time too, you yeah. know, it's, it's really, when we launched this thing, we hit the ground running, you know, and just try to do as much aggressive, you know, work towards, you know, putting our message out there, doing consistent uploads, meeting different people. It's really been terrific. I mean, yeah. it's led us to a lot of different people. Well, it's, it's fascinating to me because when you talk to people who do something creative, if you go too long without creating, you just, you get this itch and there's like, there's like a malaise that sets in, 
you know, and it sounds like that's what you were describing. I, I think that's what I was going through because I would constantly think about, oh man, I'm missing my boat to like right. make music or, or you, you know, feel the or, window or touch, closing, right? Or touch mm-hmm. humanity. I'm missing, yeah, I'm yeah. missing this opportunity. And it hurt like to miss that opportunity and not have something. Yeah. It did. Kevin? No, I just think, you know, with, with creativity, you know, I, I'm a guitar player. I started playing about seven years ago. So for me, like therapy after work, coming home, just sitting down and working on a guitar riff. Yeah. Helped me get a lot of that energy out therapeutic wise, rather than cracking a cold beer, which I would also do, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. They're um, not mutually exclusive. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I love being creative and I love just actively trying to produce something and get my message heard, whatever that may be, mm, you know, yeah. and just put it out there. Has it ever, has it ground you down at any point yet? Because I know with this show. There are times where I'm like, I can't, I, I can't fathom doing this on top of everything else. But I've got like parenting as well. Yeah, sure. So that's, that's yeah. exhausting. Yeah, you have a lot on your plate. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have any shortage of things to do. But the thing about it is, actually, I'm not going to step on that. I'm going to come back to that. But has it been a grind at any point? I, I think I, I felt it a little bit, but I, I've accepted that this is what I want to put my energy in. Okay. I think the only time it gets tight is like we talked about during the work week, maybe if I have a meeting and then I'm still trying to get an episode in or I have band practice to go to just, just a lot of different things like you mentioned. Yeah. Before we really got like in the earlier episodes, before we really became established of what we are, what we're doing, our purpose and all that. Uh, there was a couple of times where I was like, ah, it's Wednesday. I got to go do this. Yeah. But, but ever since like we've kind of came to, to know what we are and we really have our, our vision, but we're still young. We're like six months and you've been doing this five years. Yeah. So like a lot of the things you're asking us, like, you know, have we had any down points with, with interviewees and stuff? Like, I don't, we're very wet. Like we haven't yeah. had a, a lot of time to experience <laughs> true. some of we'll these We'll have to follow that up next time we're on the show. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. Yeah. And so what I was going to say was there are times where the show feels like a grind mm-hmm. and it feels like a burden. The thing that always refreshes and replenishes the well inside me is doing the actual interviews. Mm -hmm. Like every time you get to sit down and create this, like this is my favorite part. The thing that we're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, everything else is kind of work. Like I, I have an edit to do tomorrow. Yeah. And so I'm sitting like, I know that's going to be an hour and a half in front of my computer, just like with nothing but a waveform. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's kind of a grind. And then yeah, I got to format photos. I got to write the blog post. I got to do all the stuff that you talked about. Sure. Yeah. And so that by the time I an episode actually goes live, I'm sort of done with it. You've done like six hours of work on this <clears throat> yeah. thing more already. Yeah, and that's probably not even counting a lot of the booking and like getting the schedule right. Yeah. And you know, making sure that the content machine is still fed. Well, well I remember you mentioning that um, when you guys had the unfinished degrees on. Yeah. Uh, did I did I say it right? Yeah, the um, unfinished degree. So that was a fun one. I remember you saying something along those lines, though. Is that that was one of the woes that you had with this industry was fi- the finding people that would come show up when they said they were going to show oh, up. Oh God! Sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of inconsistency. I'm yeah. sure you've seen it after 225 episodes now. Well, yeah, I mean, and you guys, you you record pretty consistently, right? So it's every like Wednesday night yeah. we try to we try to record and launch that same night. Yeah. Okay. Good God! All right. When you do that, have you had anyone flake on you yet? Um, not yet. No. Okay. I mean, we have had guests reschedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I wouldn't consider that flaking out. They're like, Hey man, I'm, you know, I got, no, this I know. On. But I, like, if you're, if you're doing, I, that's kind of a high wire way of booking. Sure. Yeah. You know? So like, let's say someone gets caught in traffic mm-hmm. or, you know, they have an emergency or, you know, they break their arm or whatever Yeah. and they're not showing up that night. We'll just do a solo. App. We'll jump into a solo. App. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah. it. We'll be good on that. All right. We have plenty of stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I yeah. talk to myself when I'm by myself sometimes. We just keep talking. <laughs> he does, man. There's a lot of times in discussion combustion, your heart just kind of go down this wild road. And I'll just sit back and let him do it. The uh, the solo app is uh, is a neat trick. I remember I didn't do one for the first like year and a half of my show. Yeah. Um, which now that I think back on it, that's remarkable that I managed to keep the plates spinning for that long. That's terrific. But yeah, the solo up is good because, and you guys have each other though. Yeah. So, so it's, which is remarkable. Like it has that dynamic. It's, e- it's easier, but it, I think it's good for listeners. If you're by yourself, like you are, if you have Kevin and myself recording, it's good to still just give your listeners a chance just to get to know you still on, on that single episode. So I feel like that's an important piece to it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of funny too, because I was thinking about this. I think you'll appreciate this metaphor, but when you look at a band, right? There's always the front man who's the leader or not, not necessarily the front man, but there, there's the person in the band who you go, that guy's the leader. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one who's like the cool guy, right? Who, who your eye is kind of drawn to. 
And if you think about, about that, Mick Jagger is obviously the leader, but Keith Richards is the cool guy. Fair enough, yeah. You know, like Paul McCartney's the leader, but John Lennon's the cool guy. Um, in Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, the leader, yeah. right? Joe Perry, the cool guy. On your show, does what I just described apply to the two of you? I think in a, in a roundabout way it could be. I don't know so much like cool guy or you know leader. Yeah, I mean, thing. take issue with the sure. labels, of course, but you you get the dynamic I'm going for. Yeah, right? I do. Yeah, I mean, it, like again, we talked about earlier in the show, very different styles. But people always kind of look at me as like the serious radio voice guy, and <laughs> Arthur's kind of that Colorado stoner that you can hang out with, yeah. you know, and just kind of shoot the breeze and twist one up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and beyond just you know smoking too, like. I, I feel like I'm just a little off kilter and it took me a long time to understand that that's just who I am <laughs> and, and I'm going to kind of be weird to people. Okay. And, and that's part of my existence. I've come to acceptance with that. And like you were saying about er- earlier listening, playing back and hearing yourself, there's a lot of times when I play myself back and hear myself and I'm just like, Oh my God, why, when, why we put it out there. So it's who out are there. you? Yeah. Like right? what am I saying? <laughs> and, um, and, and so like, I don't know, I feel like we both have our own leading moments where Kevin does have a lot of the direction and, and a lot of the, the social yeah. media push. We both have our moments where we're both leaders in it, but also kind of cool at the same point and or stupid if, if you put it out there, you know? I would say you're more serious and I'm more goofy, though, for sure. Generally speaking. I yeah, mean, I think we yeah. both have our moments. Sure. You know? Well, I mean, I haven't listened to a ton of your guys' shows, but you seem to provide more of the structure, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And and you yeah. you are sort of injecting the episodes with more uh, a little bit from Flavortown. Yeah, you know, so. it's a delicious place. <laughs> I would say that's a pretty good way to sum up the show there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's usually, that's typically how it goes, I would say, most days. You know, once we work guests in, especially on solo apps, but guests, mm-hmm. you know, there's different aspects there. You know, you start interacting with them, you, you're learning about whatever it is they're trying to push, and then the conversation can go any which way at that point, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's funny, too. Um, I, I've been both because I have a very unusual way of describing things, as you guys have seen here. Like, I have odd ways of getting into points and getting like into it, questions. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm sort of, uh, a yin and yang when it comes to that, but there needs to be someone who is almost like directing the show. It's like when you watch the show, how I met your mother, right? Did you guys watch that show? A little bit. I've seen enough yeah. episodes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So no one's favorite character is Ted, the main guy, right? Right. Because being the leading man in some ways is thankless. Like mm-hmm. you have most of the plot exposition you have, you know, the the narrative centers around you. If you think about Seinfeld, yeah. Jerry is like probably the least wacky character on that show because he's kind of the glue that holds it together. Kramer is everyone's favorite. George is nuts. George like, is hilarious to me. Yeah, absolutely. And Elaine is like she like she is a much needed counterpoint to yeah. these three like buffoony kind of males. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jerry like is responsible for driving most of the plot. Ted is responsible. Like, it's how I met your mother. And mm-hmm. he's talking to his kids. So um, doing that heavy lifting in terms of the show, and I wouldn't call it heavy lifting because you guys do have a really sort of natural-sounding dynamic, but it, it doesn't work if you're both you mm-hmm. or if you're both you. Yeah, we were, we were talking about that on the drive over almost. Yeah, that's like, funny. You know, two, two of the same personalities I don't think would flow as organically. Yeah. And yeah. I think it would get stagnant, really. Well, and you end up competing uh, for the same like patch yeah, of real estate. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good point. You know, so like not everyone can be the funny guy because mm-hmm. if everyone's just trying to get their shit in and just mm-hmm. trying to get their chokes in. Yeah. Like that's exhausting, right? Yeah. But if, if you can play off of each other and the different, uh, in, in personality dynamics, that, that can be really useful. So, and I, yeah. I think you guys have harnessed that, but it's something to, to think about, you know, as your show continues to take shape. So, so this is how I've always kind of looked at it because Kevin came to me. He's like, Hey, man, I, I would like to do a podcast with you. And he was in my ear for about three months prior to us starting. And, and so I kind of view it as, you know, Kevin, this is his baby. Mm. And I've adopted his baby <laughs> and it is our baby now. And I'm, ta- I'm going to help take care of it. And I'm equal in this partnership. But it was his baby first. Okay. And he came to me with this idea. And I was like, Yes. So, so I would say he's definitely our, our director, kind of manager, maybe in the making. He's going to be our meteorologist on the show because um, he loves to talk weather. <laughs> yeah, Arthur labeled me that after we were discussing Hurricane Dorian a few weeks ago. Okay. I was I was immediately labeled the chief meteorologist for some reason. He, he just sounds really good talking about the weather for some reason. 
Yeah, well, you've got that. Uh, you've got almost a uh, a newsman style of delivery. As oh, well. okay. I do hear that a lot, John. So I, I guess I'm kind of following where I, I, my footsteps should be leading. So, dude, sometimes you got to see where the which way the wind is blowing. Yep. And just go with it. Absolutely. So, yeah, you never you never really know. But I mean, to get more pop culture thrown at you, you're Danny Tanner and your Uncle Joey. Okay. Like, <laughs> like they weren't his kids. Yeah. Although there was a conspiracy theory that said uh, they actually were. That he was sleeping with Danny's wife because all the kids are blonde and they look more like him than they do like oh these oh, conspiracy wow. theorists yeah. like there's probably a conspiracy about your shirt probably you know there, there's something about everything man oh yeah people people will come up with anything anything oh, can be turned into a theory I feel like well trutherism is really fun and I have two that I really enjoy and I'll only talk about one of them but one is that Stevie Wonder is not actually blind. Okay, that's like his, <laughs> I have his marketing that. thing. Yeah, and there's there's some there's like video evidence of him like catching something like a microphone falling that he shouldn't have seen, but yeah, managed to grab. He can hear it. Yeah, and and it's like, <laughs> wow, that would be the longest con I think I've ever heard. Like, why would you go through your entire life pretending to be blind when you don't have to be? That's a serious commitment. Yeah, that's, that's, that is a serious <laughs> commitment. That's like Joaquin Phoenix or uh, Christian Bale getting into a role, right? <laughs> Sure. It's, it's crazy. I'm only eating apples. <laughs> oh, for the machinist, I heard Christian Bale did nothing but uh, drink whiskey and smoke cigarettes oh, to get really? himself that skinny. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah, well, that uh, that sounds exhausting, though. It does sound exhausting, yeah. I mean, it's, it's dedication, and, and we feel like that's what it takes for any – I mean, you've given all your stuff dedication, being self-employed, your podcast, and all your marketing stuff, like – You've been on top of that, and, and I feel like we're dedicated to giving people good organic content that's good for background noise, or if you're listening in, then maybe it's uh, a little interesting. You might learn something. We might talk about nothing and have some fun, Like, and, and that's it's just the dedication to show up and do it, you know, and, and spend the extra time getting it done once once we finish recording. Like totally. Saying, you know? Absolutely, and I don't want to get away from the fact that we're enjoying it, and oh, we're having yeah. fun doing it, and it, it almost does feel a little bit like therapy to to go sit down and talk about what's going on during the week. Sure. You know, I don't, I don't want it to get to that point where it's like, man, we got to do the podcast tonight. I'm sure those <laughs> moments will present themselves, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, those are contextual, but once that becomes sort of the prevailing feeling, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's say five years from now we're talking and the show is as successful as you want it to be. What will it have looked like? And who are some of the people you will have talked to? That's a loaded question. All right. What do you think? I'll let you lead that one off. I'll, I'll uh, answer the first part. I, I feel like what what it will have looked like is um, just just something that that has happened, and it almost feels like it had always been. You know, mm. so, something like that. It's it's gonna have our own studio space. Like I, I would like to, it. It would have looked like something that everybody wanted to be part of because it's always been about everybody, mm. and so it has its own space for for people to come and you know come hang out and, and talk with us and, and it's a uh, bridged gaps between people. And like, that's really what I would like to see it is being something bigger than Kevin and I is it's, it's something that is, you know, it's conversations blown up discussion, combustion, and it's people relating. And, and that's, so that's what I see it as. I'm not too sure who would have on there. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I think anyone from Joe Rogan to Joe, the plumber, mm. you know, and over the next five years, I want to be able to touch listeners the way that podcasts have helped me, you know, if it's a bad day or, you know, you're not feeling great. You throw on a podcast, you relate to someone on there. I want to be able to relate to the listeners, have them tune in and be like, man, I'm feeling that same thing. I really needed to hear that. That's and cool. And also like making, making this something that, um, we're doing almost full time to where like yeah. we were podcasting and then we have another gig that's fun for us to do. And that, that way we're, and because honestly recording, putting a positive message out there, like I was mentioning earlier with music, that used to be my motivation with it. Like I, I actually feel like part of my dream job with podcasting and speaking to people and having listeners, you know, come in and, and be a part of my day and me be a part of theirs. And I feel like that's achieving that. So it's like, let's make that part of my life, you know? Nice. I think those are great goals. And, you know, having done this for five years, I, I can't tell you what my goals were at the time because... I, I did view it kind of incrementally. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's see if we can do a show for a full year. Yeah. Right. Let's make it to a hundred episodes. Let's talk to these certain people. And I had certain like bucket list guests and I've checked a handful of them off, which has been really, really cool. It's awesome. awesome. 
I think you guys are well positioned to do it, and I'm I'm excited that I get to talk to you kind of early on in the journey. Yeah, I can't wait to see how it turns out. Uh, now's the time on the show when we do plugs. So where can people find you? Where can they find the Discussion Combustion podcast? We're Plug anything you want. Yeah, we're available on all major platforms: iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you get your pods. Yeah, we put in a lot of work on on being in in your ear everywhere. Wow, that was concise. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you have a Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, anything? Facebook, all the social media profiles are so early on. They're in development right now. Um, we, we have a few of the handles um, locked in. Now it's just okay. going to be about building those up. So when those are available, we'll tie that into um, you know the episodes and, and let the listeners know when those those platforms are available. We're on Patreon as well. Yeah. So Discussion Combustion, if you Google us, you'll find us everywhere. And, and we want to hear from you. Like If anybody ever wants to reach out to us, even if you just maybe want to send us an email and and some food for thought and just get something off your chest, you know, we, we can be that. And it's discussion combustion at gmail.com. That's the best way to get in touch with Kevin and I directly discussion combustion at gmail.com. That is the quickest way to reach us. It is a pretty interesting podcast name too. We get a lot of people think it's about engines. I think <laughs> we're talking about, you know, combustion every week, but it isn't, it was just a, a funny name that art and I decided on episode one. Hey man, this is what rolled off the tongue and we stuck with it. Yeah, it's funny. When I go out wearing this shirt, people are like, oh, are you like a mechanic? And I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> you have to explain it. No, it's a podcast. Oh, what's a podcast? Oh, oh yeah. Jesus, here we go. Strap in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, this was a pleasure. Thanks for reaching out to me, guys. And uh, I wish you continued success. Thanks, John. It's Thank been great you, being here. That'll do it for episode 226 of the John of All Trades podcast. Big thanks to Kevin Batstone and Arthur Ra, the hosts and creators of the Discussion Combustion podcast. You can find links to their show on the companion blog piece that runs with this episode at johnofalltrades.us. J-O-N of alltrades.us. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Training, content, engagement, and podcasting, they're all great ways of telling your organization's story in a brand new, nuanced, and robust way. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing on the online space, 4Degrees can help you do it better. Whether that's social media marketing, online advertising, website building, or campaign messaging, 4Degrees has you covered and will do it at a price that is very attractive. They're winning awards, churning out content, and just killing it. I'm proud to feature their work here on the John of All Trades podcast. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Stay up to date with the John of All Trades podcast on social media, J-O-A-T pod across platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. The first job series goes up on Mondays. That's promoted on Facebook only, but it's available on all your podcatchers, iTunes, Stitcher, or any other one that you happen to be using. New episodes drop on Wednesday. We've got a brand new one coming for you next week. That one's already in the can. Can't wait to bring it to you. That's a fantastic conversation. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Tracy. That's good, Johnny.